attempted to sing, and then we started singing it. Amen? Uh, after a few more times, we would have had it. And, uh, but uh preach it on that verse sometime this month, and, and kinda, I want to I wanna give you, and I've just I got so many different directions I want to go with missions, but I, I want to I make sure I do so in a very organized uh, way that we, you can understand our missions program and what it is. You know, uh, we talk about it. You see the letters on the wall, but um, exactly is and how we can be involved in it and how and why it works, amen, and show you the biblical basis behind it. So throughout the month, uh, we'll be going through some of that stuff, uh, but tonight, I want you to take your Bibles and go to 2 Corinthians. We're going to start there. We'll be in several places tonight, but we're going to start in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and I'm going to talk about um, uh, two different aspects of missions that go hand in hand, and uh, we're going to first of all talk about sacrifice and missions, and then we're going to talk about the reward of missions, and uh, and we'll kind of see how those uh, kind of piggyback on one another, but 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, if you find your place, stand with me as I read the passage here, and uh, I'm going to read here verses... Um, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verses 23 through 30. And, and as I read this, of course, this is the Apostle Paul writing this. And I want you to think about here as we read. Again, we're, we're starting off by talking about the sacrifice in missions. Think about the sacrifice that Paul was willing to pay to be a missionary. All right? Here's what he says beginning in verse 23. The Bible says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors more abundant and stripes above measure, and prisons more frequent, and deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, and night and a day have I been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren." In weariness and painfulness and watching often and hunger and thirst and fasting often and cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak? Am, am I, am I, and I am not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? If I must needs glory, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. The God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forever, knoweth that I lie not. In Damascus, the governor under Aristius, the king, kept the city of, of uh, Damascus with the garrison, desires to apprehend me. And through a window in a basket was I let down by the wall and escaped his hands. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for the scripture. I pray now you'd speak to us, God, and uh, just teach us some things about these uh, different aspects of missions we're going to talk about. And Lord, may we uh, have the mind of you about this and understand, Lord, what it is that you've asked us to be involved in. We thank you for it. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, there's a reason I took the time to read that passage of Scripture. And uh, Paul, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, of course, uh, listed some things that uh, he faced as a missionary. Now, let me just say this, all right? Not everybody faces what the Apostle Paul faced. And the Apostle Paul was, uh, was uh, specially appointed by God to accomplish much, but also to suffer much. And part of the reason Paul suffered much was because of the life he lived before he became a Christian. And uh, truth be told... Uh, uh, kind of reaped out some of that in his life. Uh, but God used him in a very unique way as a missionary. And let me tell you one of the things here that you see as, as we'll look at some passages tonight, and not just through the Apostle Paul, but anybody that's a missionary, and that is this, sacrifice. Now let me just say this, that's a word we don't like. 
Okay, especially as Americans. We don't like that word one bit. And truth be told, I dare say not too many Americans know what it's truly like to sacrifice. Right? I mean, I'm going to tell you, folks, we are spoiled rotten. Amen? Uh, I've said it I've said it before, but, you know, uh, our worst day as Americans, truth be told, is a lot of times better than how most of the world lives. And I'm going to tell you, we, we got good in this country, and uh, God's blessed us. And, but just remember, whomsoever much is given, much is required. Amen? But I'm not necessarily, uh, and we will talk about some of this, but, um, you know, it's not necessarily suffering everything Paul, or sacrificing everything Paul suffered. Let me just say this, folks. Uh, if we're going to be a part of missions, if we're going to obey the Great Commission, if we're going to fulfill the plan of God for our lives, it will take some for, uh, form of sacrifice. And we need to get this in our mind. We need to get this in our heart. And by the way, though, and, and that's why I want to teach both sides of this, because I'm not just going to talk about sacrifice, because when we hear in a few moments when we talk about the opposite side, you're going to understand why it's worth sacrificing. Have you ever been involved in a situation where maybe you had to go through something that you, what wasn't very pleasant and uh, something that was difficult, something uncomfortable, but because you knew there was light at the end of the tunnel, you were willing to go through it? Okay, for example, uh, summer before last, I had sinus surgery. And I'll be honest with you, that wasn't real pleasant, the recovery going through that surgery. But because of the, the relief I knew I was going to get, it was worth dealing with it, right? And so I'm going to show you this tonight. Uh, that there is uh, a motivation for sacrifice, but we cannot overlook this thing of sacrifice. Now, many different types of sacrifice. And and we'll talk about some about this this month, uh, but it involved the missions. There's a financial sacrifice, and uh, God's plan is for when He calls uh, people to be missionaries, for them to leave their homeland and go to some other place and live there and integrate into that culture and reach people with the gospel. Listen, that takes some sacrifice. That takes some financial sacrifice. You know what? It may take the sacrifice of the dreams that you had for your life. Uh, I think back at Christmas time, I told the story, uh, that little uh, uh, parable, if you will, about those three trees and, and the plan they had. But you know what? They had to sacrifice their plan for God's plan. Amen? Uh, we uh, talk about uh, not just sacrifice and as far as uh, uh, finances and sacrifice of dreams and, and uh, aspirations for our own life. Let me tell you what it really comes down to, though, folks. And, and this is really the verse we, I've been preaching about the last few weeks, and that's Romans chapter 12, verse 1. You know what? Probably for us... Us as Christians is the hardest way to sacrifice, the hardest thing to sacrifice ourselves, because we're to be a living sacrifice, amen. And by that, you know what? God wants us as Christians to sacrifice our will for what we want, for His will and what He wants, and be willing to live that out in our life. I love what David Livingston said. David Livingston, of course, was that powerful missionary to to the uh, uh, dark continent of Africa. And man, you talk about a powerful man. By the way, you know what? Truth be told, didn't live a super long life because of where God called him to do and what God called him to do. But here's what David, sacri or David Livingston sacrificed. He said this, People talk of the sacrifice I have made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Away with such a word, such a view, and such a thought. It's, it's emphatically no sacrifice. Say rather, it is a privilege. Man, and by the way, that ought to be our mindset toward it. Amen? 
Let me tell you something, folks. Anything uh, on this earth that we would sacrifice, if you want to use that word, amen, all right? And I think we should. It's a biblical word. But anything that we, you know, God would call for us to lay aside and uh, so that we can be uh, involved in what He has, His plan for our life, that's not a sacrifice. That's a privilege, amen? It's a privilege to be able to give your life to God and serve God and in particular be involved in getting the gospel to the people of this world. Amen? And folks, listen to me. I know sometimes it's God's will for a person to be a martyr. I understand that. And uh, that happens around the world, and that's happened in yesteryear. And who knows? It could still happen and, and uh, to, to, to even a group in America. Who knows? But you know what? It, it's maybe not so much the fact that God wants for us to die for Him, although He does. But let me say this. Let me tell you what He wants more for us than just to die for Him. He wants us to live for Him. Amen? A living sacrifice. By the way, you know what? I, I don't. I don't really take heed to people's lip service. Oh, I, I would. I would die for Jesus Christ. I would. Let me ask you this: uh, Would you die for him? Why aren't you living for him then? I'm going to tell you, people who don't live for God sure won't die for God. Amen? And so this idea of sacrifice, I'm going to say this. If you're going to be involved in any aspect of missions, and by the way, missions, isn't being involved in missions, isn't just uh, doing what you saw here Sunday morning. A young couple, uh, you know, uh, traveling around, raising support, living on a foreign field. That is one aspect. And that's part we think of when we say missionary, but truth be told, folks, you ready for this? All of us as Christians are missionaries. Come on now, you read that sign when you walk out the door? That's not just there for decoration. Okay, that's for there to remind us about what it is we're to do when we walk out that door. You say, well, where's the missionary to go? Where there's people? Now understand, just like I said Sunday night, God does have a particular geographical location He wants for us to be. But remember this, folks, the mission fields wherever there's people at. You know what's in Gibson County? People. Right? You know what's in the state of Indiana? People. You know what's in the United States of America? People. You know what's outside the borders of this country, all around this world? People! So you know what? All of us as Christians are to be missionaries, and that is this, being on a mission for our Lord. I remember when I was a uh, uh, when I was a teenager. Of course, you know how teenagers are. You, you express yourself a little bit with your clothes, right? And I had some uh, some T-shirts that I liked wearing. My favorite T-shirt to wear. And anytime we went to amusement park, I would wear this T-shirt because it got reaction. How many remembers the program Hooked on Phonics? Anyone ever remember that? Okay, some of these these young people know what's phonics. Yeah, you have no idea, right? Okay. <laughs> Uh, so I got a T-shirt that said, and it was all spelled wrong, Hooked on Phonics really worked for me, right? Because it was all spelled wrong. And I'd wear that, and people would look at me and give me dirty looks. So, you know, I would express myself a little bit with my T-shirt. Well, I had this one T-shirt, and it had this picture. It was got like a silhouette picture. And it looked like maybe like a, uh, a silhouette picture of like what a spy would look like with sunglasses and, and a top hat. And here's what it said. I'm on a mission from God. Amen? And, you know, I like wearing that around because, truth be told, that's what all of us ought to be on a mission from God. Amen? Yep. And you know what that mission is? It's to reach people. But in order to be involved in that, there's going to be some sacrifice. Take your Bibles. Let's look at a couple passages here. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. By the way, you don't think there's sacrifice? Go back and read them letters back there. Amen? You read what, what it is. Some of our, our missionaries are, are willing to, you know, if we want to say the word give up, which that's, that's true, giving up for the cause of Jesus Christ. It's a sacrifice. 
But you know what you find out about those folks that do that? They don't consider it a sacrifice. By the way, you know, just like Brother David Livingston said, it's a privilege to them. And you know what? They, they, those that are involved in that kind of lifestyle living for God, they wouldn't trade it back for all the riches of this world. Amen? All right, here we are, Philippians chapter 2. Let's look at verse 17. Notice what we see here. It says this, Yea, and if I be offered upon, there's that word, the sacrifice and service of your faith, notice Paul's attitude, I joy and rejoice with you all. Amen? That was Paul's attitude. He says, listen, you know what? Yes, I'm offered upon the sacrifice and the service of your faith. The life I'm living is a life of sacrifice. But here's what Paul says. You know what my attitude is about that life? I joy and rejoice with you all. Amen? Does that seem like the attitude of someone who is, you know, drudging through life? Oh, God, I can't believe you've asked me to do this. God, I'm so miserable. Let me tell you something, folks. People who give their all for God, they're not miserable. They're happy people. Amen? I don't say that, I haven't said they don't get discouraged. And I haven't said that, you know what, sometimes uh, maybe they might even, uh, uh, there, there aren't even casualties in missions. There are. Remember Demas? We read about Demas. The book of Philemon, Paul commended Demas for being a fellow laborer. But then in 2 Timothy, what's it say about Demas? Demas hath what? Forsaken me, having loved this present world. Yeah, there's casualties, all right. But let me just say this, folks. People who give themselves to God and are willing to sacrifice for the Lord, listen, it's not a miserable life. Amen? There's joy. There, there's the peace of God in that. Uh, take your Bibles. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And again, notice what we see here. We're going to look, look for that word again. That word sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse 35. Of course, this is the tail end of the chapter faith. And uh, talking about all those different, uh, uh, those that went before us and different things that they did and experienced. Notice what it says. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, uh, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trials of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. By the way, you know who that's referring to? The prophet Isaiah. He was literally cut and sawn in, in, in two for being a prophet in the nation of Israel were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God having provided them some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. You know what that was a testimony of? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. But you know what? They willingly did that. In fact, the Bible even tells us here uh, that, you know what? They, uh, uh, that they obtained through that lifestyle a good report. Amen? A good report. By the way, having not received the promise, you know what advantage we have? We got the promise. Amen? We got the completed Word of God. Jesus Christ has already come and paid that price. And let me tell you something, folks. They don't. We have the promise, yet they still did it without the promise. They were willing to sacrifice. Amen? So what's our excuse, right? Man, look at that. Now look at the price they were willing to pay. Look at what it says there in verse 35. Not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Man, willingly paying the price. Why? Because they understood something, folks. It was a price worth paying. Amen? 
price worth paying. Flip over to Hebrews chapter 12. How about this? The supreme example of us all. And uh, verse 2, looking unto who? Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him, here's the sacrifice, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand on the throne of God. For consider Him that endured such contradiction of sinners against Himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds, that ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Hey, you know what you see in that passage there? You see our Savior setting the ultimate example of sacrifice. By the way, you know what he had to do? The Bible says he had to endure the cross. That wasn't a pleasant thing Jesus went through. He didn't enjoy doing that. But you know what? There was joy from what it accomplished. Amen? And was willing to pay the price. Was willing to pay the sacrifice. Many more places I could go, but let me just show you one more. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2. We're close uh, there in the book of Hebrews. First uh, Peter chapter 2. Uh, just uh, flip toward the end there a little bit. Notice what we see here. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. The Bible says, Ye also, as lively stones, talking about the church, amen, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. Why? Why has God done this for the church? Amen? Why are we built up? Why are we that, uh, we're supposed to have that right foundation as lively stones? Why are we in holy priesthood? You ready? Here's why. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Amen? And listen, folks, yes, as Christians, we're not living under that Old Testament law anymore. Praise God for that. But it still doesn't mean that there's not sacrifices to be made. There are sacrifices, and if you're going to be involved in missions, there's going to be a level of sacrifice that you're going to have to pay. Amen? So we talked for a few minutes about the sacrifice in missions. Now, let's flip the coin over, and let's, if you want to call it the motivation for sacrifice, let's talk about the reward of missions. The reward of missions. Now, the Bible says this. Uh, for sake of time, I'm not going to have you turn to all these places, but it says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 19, For what is our hope? hope, or joy, or crown of rejoicing. Notice here, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at His coming. Now that that word in there, that phrase, crown of rejoicing, that is one of the five crowns mentioned in Scripture. By the way, you know what that is, the description of that? It's the it's what uh, some preachers call the soul winner's crown. It's, it's the crown for those that have been involved in reaching people for Jesus Christ. That's what it is. Amen? And by the way, let me just say this. In heaven, crowns aren't given, they're earned. Let me say that again. In this generation we're living in, this political correct, it's all got to be fair police generation. Alright? There's no honorable mentions in heaven. Amen? You either earned your crown or you earned your shame. Right? And let me say something, folks. It's going to be, well, God, that's just not fair. Look how many crowns they got. I, listen, listen, folks, God's not a socialist, okay? All right? He's for dead sure not a communist, all right? You know what God is? He's a capitalist, but you know what? He also is. He's a fair God, amen? He's a just God, and He is keeping the books. He's going to set the record straight. And you know what? The, the reward of missions, when you're involved in that, is what's known as the crown of rejoicing. Now again, what Paul is saying in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 is that when he won those to Christ in the city of Thessalonica, those people he won to Christ 
for his hope. Think about that word hope. All right, Hope is something you're looking forward to in the future. They were his hope. They were his joy. That speaks of what's happening right here in the present. And then they were his crown of rejoicing. They were literally his eternal reward. Amen? Again, I talked about this, or I say this phrase a lot, uh, but uh, uh, when Brother Bordell was here, remember he talked about, he preached for us about that ERA, not the IRA, but the ERA. What did he preach about? The ERA is the Eternal Retirement Account. Amen? Now, I'm all for laying up things down here for retirement. There's nothing wrong with that. We ought to do that. We ought to be wise stewards. We ought to prepare. The Bible talks about it. Let me say this. We are foolish, though, if we only lay up for here on earth and not be, as Jesus said, rich toward God and lay up treasures in heaven. Amen? I'm going to tell you, there's rewards for being involved in missions. Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 17. I love this phrase. Fruit that may abound to your account. Let me just say this, when you involve yourself personally by, as we've already been talking about already tonight, witnessing to people, handing out tracts, praying for people to be saved, God using you to influence them for, uh, for eternity, for salvation, being involved in missions as far as giving our money, our finances to support missions, and other things that we're involved in. Let me just say this, folks. When we do that, you know what we're doing? We're literally uh, sending stuff ahead in front of us by investing in things of eternal value. Our ERA, our Eternal Retirement Account. Amen? And I'm telling you folks, there is rewards in missions. I promise you, nobody's getting shortchanged. Nobody is. There's rewards in giving to missions. There's rewards in praying for missionaries. And there is rewards in going in the call that God has called for us to do. Uh, let's take our Bibles real quick. We uh, uh, Just a few books back, back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Amen. This is Bible study, right? Amen. And so we're going to use our Bibles a little bit. And uh, that's all good, right? I like that. I like as a preacher hearing those pages turn. Amen. By the way, let me just say this, all right? And I, I think it's good to remind a church from this from time to time. You know what helps keep a pastor straight? Amen. Is when the people are in the Word of God. Because let me tell you, when you're in the Word of God, you're not just going off what I say, all right? You're going off of, hey, here's what it says, amen? Out of all the religions of the world, I think true born-again Christianity is probably the only religion, and I don't even like that word religion, but if you want to use that word religion, that encourages people to be involved in the Word of God. Listen, folks, you don't need to, you don't need to go through me to get to God. You've got as much access to God as I do, Amen? And I want you in the Scripture. I want you having your Bible. I want you reading. I want you studying. I want you holding me accountable to what this Word says right here. Amen? Know your Bibles. And so I love it when I hear those pages turn. And that's an encouraging thing to a pastor. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let's look at verse 8 and 9. Notice what he says here. And again, this kind of explains the spiritual process. And if you will, the, the spiritual reward process that God uses in reaching people, bringing people to Him. Here's what the Bible says. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Now there's a lot of doctrine taught in those couple verses here. But what we see is this. Somebody, uh, sometimes somebody is, is the one used to plant. Okay, We call that planting the seed. The seed of what? The seed of the gospel. Amen? Getting people's hearts ready or, or, or having the heart where, where, where the seed's planted, where it's sowed. Sometimes, folks, the person that plants 
isn't the one that gets to see the increase? How many times have you heard the story of someone coming to Christ and then come to find out you start digging in their background? You know what you find out a lot of times? I had a grandmother who always prayed for me. I had a mother who begged God that I'd get saved. I'm going to tell you something, folks. That's what's so amazing about when somebody gets saved. It's never, ever, usually ever the result of one person. Multiple people. And by the way, even if we think it might be one person, eternity will tell and really show what it is God used to bring a soul to Himself. So now He that planteth, notice here, He that watereth. It's another process of the, the seed there. And you know what, sometimes folks, you know what we're doing when we go out and knock on doors into our community? I mean, listen, let me tell you what reality is, okay? The majority of people we talk to don't ever come to this church. That's reality. By the way, the majority of people we talk to, even, even if they seem to be interested, and, and, and sometimes when we uh, maybe uh, are allowed to take them through the gospel, I mean, you know, you don't always see the majority of those, even, even those people getting saved. But let me tell you what we're doing, why, why we still do it, amen? The number one reason is because the Bible commands us to, amen? God said to do it, so we're going to obey what God said. But listen to me, we have no idea what God's been doing in the background. And sometimes maybe God just sent us out there to pour a little water on the seed. Amen? And you know what? Okay, the story I, I think I probably told you before, but there used to be, uh, I was uh, involved in starting a bus route back when I was up at the other church, and I was working in a small little community, small little town, Clay City. Anyone ever heard of Clay City? Amen? It's a small little town. It's known as Mayberry the Midwest. Why it's called that, I have no idea. But it is, all right? Their claim to fame, I guess. And we were working that little small city and way out in the country all around that city. or uh, Not even a city, a little town, a little burg. And we were way out in the country, and there was a couple of teenage boys that came. And uh, they, they, they came, and then, of course, you know, I went back to follow up on them. First time I knocked on their door to open the door, their stepdad came to the door, looked at me, and slammed the door in my face. Man, had you know, and I'm, I knocked back again. I said, no, 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 I'm not a salesman. I'm not this. I'm not that. I said, the, uh, the, your boys rode the church bus. And, and you know what, that guy, he would, uh, he'd open the door, but it, and he would let me converse, but he would never be in the room when I conversed. Never be in the room. In fact, every Saturday I'd go back there and talk to them boys. He wouldn't, he wouldn't want to talk to me. He wouldn't want to see me. Now, he would let the boys come to church, all right, but he had nothing to do with what was going on. Well, you know what? Time went by. Several years went by. And you know what? There was another couple guys from Blessed Hope out knocking doors on a Saturday in the country, knocked on that door. Guess what? This guy came to the door. And you know what? Not only just come to the door, he got saved. They led him to Christ. Guess what? He started coming to church. Guess what? He made this pulpit for me right here. Not lying. Billy was his name. And uh, here's a guy that at first had nothing had nothing to do with church. Nothing to do with any of that stuff. But you know what? The, 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 the water kept getting poured on the seed, kept getting poured on the seed. And when God's time was right and his heart was ready, God gave the increase. Amen. And now all these sermons are preached from a pulpit, from a guy who the first time I saw him slammed the door in my face. Amen? Now listen, folks, you just have no idea what God's going to do, right? So that's why we just got to be faithful and keep going. And I'm going to tell you, there's rewards in being involved and in reaching people for Jesus Christ. Let me take you to one more passage and then we'll close and be done. I've got a lot more things I can say, but we're about ready to land the plane. Amen? Don't anybody say amen. All right. Uh, Revelation 22. Revelation 22. Of course, last chapter of the, of the Word of God. And uh, this is uh, eternity here going on, and uh, we've already talked about in Revelation chapter 21, the new, uh, the new Jerusalem. 
chapter 22, we're talking about the paradise that uh, eternity is going to be and talking about the river of life, the, uh, the, uh, the uh, tree of life, and all these amazing things that heaven's going to be. And then here's basically what you have then in the last part of, the, of chapter 22. You have Jesus' last words uh, before the canon of Scripture is closed. And so these last words are pretty important. But let me tell you one of the things that Jesus Christ said that He wanted us to be reminded of. Amen? And uh, first of all, look at verse 7. All right, This is something that He wanted us to be reminded of. I love it. Behold, I come quickly. Amen? Now, I just want you to understand, folks, you say, why would Jesus write that? That was written over 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years isn't very long. I had a God just a couple days. Just a couple days. Okay, listen, folks, God doesn't view things the way we view things. Amen? And so let me tell you, uh, if it was Jesus said it was going to be quickly some 2,000 years ago, how much even quickly is it the day and age we're living in? Right? All right, but notice here, that was just a rabbit trail, amen? But anytime I get to talk about the coming of the Lord, I take that trail. That's a good one to take. Verse 12, here it is. You ready? Look what we see again. And behold, I come quickly. Huh, what is it I tell you? If the Bible repeats something, hey, Christian, you better figure out what I'm trying to tell you, amen? And behold, I come quickly. And here's where I was going. Look at the next phrase. And my reward is with me to give every man according as his intentions were. Is that what it says? Okay, you are reading your Bible tonight. That's good. No, not as their intentions were, to give every man according, let's read it together, church, you ready? As his work shall be. So there you go. Amen? Reward as Christians is based upon labor. Labor. And by the way, let me tell you what God wants us to be laboring in. The harvest fields for the souls of mankind. That's what we need to be laboring in. So you know what? You want some good motivation to get involved in missions? Think about the reward that's waiting for those who do. Think about Now listen, folks, I get it. All right, Not all of us can maybe do the same things. I mean, I don't expect uh, a lot of folks in this room to get out what we do on Saturdays and go bang the doors out in the country. I get all that. Okay? But listen to me. You can do... Uh, all of us can still have a part in it. Amen? And you may not be able to go, but maybe you can give. Right? And by the way, listen to me, folks. Uh, it's not a matter of what we do based upon what somebody else does. Quit comparing ourselves to each other. Alright? You do what God tells you to do. Amen? You give what you can. God will see that. God will reward that. And you know what? Uh, you'll be laying up treasure in heaven. So yes, is there sacrifice and missions? You better believe it. But you know what? The flip side of that is there is rewards and missions. And I'm going to tell you, folks, for the Christian that was involved in this, Judgment Seat of Christ Day, although there's probably going to be some shame there, there's also going to be, it's, it can also be a, a good day. Amen? And here's what I always say. My job as a pastor, all right, isn't always to make you walk out that door feeling good about yourself. Not my job. Now, I want to encourage you. I want to help you. I want to preach truth to you. Let me tell you what my job is as a pastor to help you have a good day at the judgment seat of Christ. That's my job as a pastor. Amen? And sometimes we got to hear truths that may not set real well with our, our flesh, may challenge us a little bit, but that's okay, amen, if we allow those truths to make us better for God. And I can guarantee you this, one of the things the Lord wants us all to do is be involved in this matter of missions. Let's pray. Lord, we love you.